Dimp Digital presents Idle Game Chat. So Logan, here we are back with another episode of the Idle Game Chat. Bit of a follow-on from last week to kick us off. We had speculated and spoken about the Xbox update, the Xbox business update. They talked about sending four video games over to, I guess what you'd call rival platforms at this stage. And there was no word on what they were, when they were coming, and what was going to happen. I assumed everything was going to go a bit quiet for a little while, but... Within a week, we understand it all. In fact, three of the four games are out already. So they've shotgun blasted them. Here's a quick rundown of what it is. It was what we'd speculated on last week. It's the Pentiment, it's the Hi-Fi Rush, it's the Grounded, and it's the Sea of Dem Thieves. Now, Pentiment's already out. That's on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Nintendo Switch. That is out as we speak now. Hi-Fi Rush is on PlayStation 5 only at the moment. Uh, sorry, that's not, that's not true. That is not true. It's coming on March 19th. The uh, digital storefronts opened the other day. Interesting with that one, it's not coming to Switch until the Switch 2, quote-unquote. So, I mean, it didn't feel like a particularly powerful game in my eyes, but clearly the engineering required was not was deemed not, not worthy of that. Uh, we've got Grounded, which will be coming on April the 16th. That'll be coming to Switch, PS4, PS5, and the likes. And what we've got here, Sea of Thieves will be coming to PS5 on April 30th. So you can wish list it and all that stuff now. It doesn't say anything about the Switch again, so I'm assuming they're struggling to get that run in. But needless to say, by the end by the end of spring, and as we you know move into the summer, this will all be done by the end of April. Um... Is that sooner than you expected? I I thought they would dribble these out throughout the whole year. Slowly but sure. I don't know why I said they were all, three or the four are out. They're not. They're just available to, to get hold of. But um, I thought they were going to dribble these out from like maybe one this quarter, one next quarter, one the quarter. And then it'll be four games going to different platforms over the course of a year. But they're, they're all going to be out before the summer. So... I was a bit surprised at this. What say you now that this information has been revealed by... And why did they just say this last week? Because within a week, they've come out and just let it all out of the bag anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> um, it's all a bit weird. It feels like they've panicked on the leaks, if you like, or whatever it is that's happened. Yeah. And then just... They weren't happy tried to that. dampen the leaks, and they've gone, oh, fuck it, we might as well just let it all go. Right, it, 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 once the cat's out of the bag, you think, what's the point? Maybe there's an element of that about it. Um, but it's piss poorly handled. I think that's whatever you, way you look at it and whatever way you cut it up, there's there's that element with it. But I don't, I don't really see that there's a whole lot of benefit in just sort of releasing them in drips and drabs like that. You might as well just chuck them over and then people can play them. But what... What they, you know, if they want to play them, they're going to play them. They're not going to go, <clears throat> oh, I'll play this because this is the only Xbox exclusive mm -hmm. over here. 
and not play anything else, like, arguably, stick them all over and then let people have at it. Yeah, it's probably not a great deal of crossover between the games. You've got Grounded, which is... Hmm. I don't think it's actually a live service game because I don't think you can buy anything in the game. I could be wrong. I haven't monitored it. But hmm. it's, it's like an ongoing survival crafting game. And to me, well, I don't know what your opinion is. To me, a live service game or a game as hmm. a service has some sort of monetization attached to it. It's not simply just a, an ongoing game because it's a service yeah. that's, that's kind of populated through monetization usually. I mean, that, that might be the wrong Probably, interpretation, yeah. but that's how I've always said it. Like that I don't think there's people, one that I'm not... Yeah. I well, don't know one that... That doesn't. Oh. Blown it. Yeah. Restart. Five minutes After in. all these years talking over each other consistently. Well, normally you back down, but you were adamant there that that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> yeah, so. Dug my heels in for yeah. once. I went, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I think... I don't necessarily think it's a feature, but it's, it is essentially a feature that that's how they make money from it. So mm-hmm. the monetization of seasons, of content, of, of stuff is, yeah. is usually the way that... To pay for the revenue. ongoing support. Well, yeah, it's pay, it pays the bills. So mm-hmm. if you did it without that, then it can be done. There's no need to monetize, but otherwise how are you funding the operation? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's a valid point, but yeah, I don't. Maybe that's a I saw a little bit grounded early on. One day, about what is What's a game that? as a what is a game as a service and what isn't, because it might just be simple and we're just bumbling it. Mm. But it doesn't. Was well, really DLC a game as a service? Except they, they just kept doing you. it. Yeah, I mean, if they kept yeah. on, keep on keeping on, as people would say. But I'm um, sorry, mm. he's going to say about grounded. You'd seen a little bit. I haven't seen much of it. It, it never really. More bugs of it. Peaked. Ironically, <laughs> I don't think you can um, drop fucking half ton bombs on the red. Well, if you say. can do that, then there's a there's something about it, perhaps. But uh, yeah, it's not not something that ever. I mean, these are second tier, third tier games, really. Um, so it's uh, like no arm, no foul. Yeah. yeah, I mean they're priced that way, so mm. that's completely fair to say. Um, yeah, so what I was, was going to say, oh, it's a grounded, it's not really, grounded is kind of, it's, it's a survival crafting type type game, co-op survival mm. adventure as they, they, they position it. Sea of Thieves is the service game that has seasons, yeah. it has monetization, people play that, they expect new content every kind of so often. Hi-Fi mm. Rush is the, you know, the all singing, all dancing, rhythm based kind of action game, you sort of have your 10, 12 hours of that, and then you walk away from it. Maybe you go back in and do some challenges. And then Pentiment was that unique, strange little narrative mystery game. So they're all very different, I guess. And maybe yeah. that's to, to boy your point where you mentioned that it doesn't really matter when these games come out. People aren't people aren't queuing them up because they're Xbox games. They're more likely to play them depending on what type of game there are. You know, the, the game's a service person, unlikely to go for Pentiment, whatever happens. It doesn't matter if it's released a month apart mm. or it's lurking. But... Um, yeah, I don't. I my there's part of me that thinks are oh, they just getting these out of the way with so the next phase can start in the second half of the year and they can put more to it over Master Chief Collection. Why not? I don't gears. I've, well, I've huh? never ruled anything out, but um, I think they'll look to keep those things right to themselves. But don't you think? well, in the immediate. I think everyone would have, I say everyone, the Greenbloods would have a pissy fit if they did that. And I think they already have. They've had it all weeks ago and they thought it was all over. You saw it all unfold in front of our very eyes. People taking their Series X and smashing it out with hammer. 
Well. I told you what they were saying. This, oh, these are the first four games that are leaving the platform. Not leaving. They're still there, you fucking burks. Mm. Not leaving anywhere. They're just being copy and pasted somewhere else. Yeah. That's the way to look we, at it. Yeah. We discussed that in length last week. And it's like, yeah, what, yeah. what, 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 to what end does this matter? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't really. It's just tribalism. Console tribalism. Um, oh, that but, wrestling. There's people fighting over that all the time. Can't enjoy that now. What do you mean? Well, you can't enjoy AEW or WWE because you're always getting squabbled at by the other entertainment bloods, bloods or elite bloods. It's the same thing. It's like it's everything that, that with any sort of rivalry, mm. it can't it, they can't coexist. It seems there has to be one mm. that's killed off completely or doing. I think that's this, just that. human nature. Like well, everything it's that is football is... blood getting in people. It's not. It's like politics. It's well, like yeah, it seeps into everything. Like it's you, you're like one or the other, and if you're not F1 with me, you're even. against me. Logan, that in the last three years has been decimated by nonsense because of the Is Hamilton that? and Verstappen F1. Oh yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. What yeah. are we doing? I don't know. It, I think it's actually become like increasingly more like prevalent. This whole divisive no. one side or the other. Like you want, you can't enjoy both. No. Um, well, could you be a Tory and a member of Labour? Probably not. That's where it does. It, well, you no, because then you're neither. <laughs> That's you when you... Yeah. Like, I don't know what sits between those two. There's very little difference between them, I'd argue now. Um, yeah. Considering Starmer's been labelled as a Tory and this and it. It's just like... <laughs> That's what Blair was, wasn't it? They were Tory in disguise. Uh, or the thing is, nonsense. it's always been like... Tories have been ever so slightly right and Labour have ever been slightly left, right? And they've that's it's never been one extreme to the other. Then all of a sudden Blair come along and went bang down the middle and every it appealed to like both sides and they went, Yes, please, took the championship. Yeah. Um and that's Keir. why everyone does that now. What sort of everyone name is Keir? I wanna say it's like I don't know, I don't Scottish. like that. Hmm. Is that me or, saying I don't like Scottish people? Womble won't be happy. Kia. I feel like Kia is a Scottish name. Or it's like, it's either that, or it's like one of, what do they call them? Like Wales, Ireland, Scotland. Anything that's not in, in England, it's got a name. I was going to say that offensive, but I won't. <laughs> no, it's like a collective Gaelic. term from. What? Gaelic it is. A Gaelic name. That's What's not that? the that's word a, I was a, looking for, but that's fine. That's I Irish. think that includes Gaelic, Ireland, Scotland, Wales. Yeah. You know, again, we're getting. Mm. Right, they're saying Irish here. No. Is that what they call them? The home yeah. counties. Irish is popping up several times. Mm. Yes. Fine. Anyway, I don't like that name. Is all I was <laughs> going to say. It doesn't mean anything about what he's got to say, but I don't like that name, Keir. Um, back to Xbox. Do you? So we've got these four, and then we have a little break over the summer, no doubt. There'll be a summer yeah. showcase, all that nonsense. There'll mm. be at least six months left. Do you expect anything else to come over other than these four this year? If you're making the bet, we're giving you yeah. 10, 10 UK pans. We're saying you. you I mean, they've got fucking loads of to, to chuck over there. <clears throat> I've been playing something called a little to the left. Chuck that over there as well. <laughs> Get it all done. Well, honestly, they've got so much to it that comes through that game pass. And I don't know how much of it is theirs and how much is third party and stuff. But um, I think that they'll continue to chuck the tutors over like uh, that's not fair is it that the the second and third tier games they've got i think could they'd quite easily just chuck on there some would argue that halo is now a second tier franchise what 
I don't know how I feel about Halo anymore. Same with Gears, isn't it? It was the champion. It's still very good. Yeah. Like the the, the actual they are. Um, game that they released, it was good. Like it just didn't have... I mean, obviously, we're getting into the weeds now. The live service element of it was shite. They really chuffed that. I think if they'd have got that right, almost in a way, if they're going to do it differently, almost in a way that um, Helldivers has done it, where it's like, pick, use your medals and pick Hmm. what you want. If they'd have done something that was like that, but the way that they did it was so bad. I can't remember how they did it now. They did some weird XP thing, I remember. It was based on, like, you get certain XP to match or something. Yeah, Yeah, I can't remember. There was no reward for personal endeavour. Yeah. Yeah, it was all based on team stuff. And I think they might have now corrected some of if not all of it but it's like you get one shot at this and you have to hook people early on generally for these games and then yeah but that game was actually very good i enjoyed it the gunplay was solid and and everything it was there was some really good aspects to it so it's a shame um but uh i mean it, it never rule anything out with microsoft now they they've opened the floodgates to it and For the right price and commercially, it could just make sense. There's way more money to be made out of selling games and live service than there is consoles. I think clearly Xbox know that, and sorry, Microsoft know it. So they're like, well, why are we getting so petty? We'll give them a console if they want one. We're not bothered about that. But um, if you want to play it on PlayStation, why do we give a shit? We'll sell it to you. Yeah, it's a good business model, to be fair, in a lot of ways. Well, particularly when you know, compared to their footprint PlayStation and Nintendo I'm say mm. dwarf them but they're much higher so you're mm. going to reach more people by default by just having that yeah and they're getting, interesting. we spoke about the people that won't, won't move mm. they, ain't, they ain't the biffs they're not going to so mm. what, what you, you can sell to them but yeah I mean I expect to see another game or two I don't know what they'll be um, try to think. I think, I think I think something like the Master Chief Collection might which might seem like a big deal, but I don't yeah. think it is because it's it's old legacy content of Halo. It's kind of like a history collection, isn't it, of all those... Mm. What's it go up to? Four or... Three? I can't remember what number it goes up to now, but it's but a great like collection four. for those that haven't, mm. haven't played it. It really is good. Like They've done mm. such a good job of just combining those packages and even the online still runs, so actually has mm. more concurrent players usually than Infinite, which is a, an embarrassment in some ways. But I could see something like that happen. I could see... A Gears collection, like legacy franchises that people... The new stuff won't come day and day, obviously. I don't think we're expecting any dual releases of stuff like that. Mm. But I think eventually everything will maybe make its way over. That's what I'd hope. Mm. Um, I feel like the the Activiz deal has opened the door to this because there's already... 99% of that goes everywhere anyway, so they'll be doing it. Yeah, it's kind of like they'll they'll go, well, your Call of Duties and, and all these games are multi-platform, so why are we being so precious around the Halo? Why are we being so precious around Because those fucking the losers started crying, throwing their Xboxes out windows. Yeah. And I That's think all it was, the 1% week. of noisy yeah, bastards. The 1%, yeah. If so, that. Phil will know that. I mean, it does, again, from my perspective... Phil's part I've of the 1%, mate. He's leading it. He's sat, he he sat at the big top. He's looking at the financials going, what are you doing down there? Well, I actually think it's really clever. Like, 
if there's he's probably looked at the numbers someone's given him a presentation and said this is how much we'd make off 500,000 consoles and this is how much we'd make off of 5,000 copies of a game and he's gone well why are we worried about getting keeping people on this console Mm. We've got to have a fucking load of people that update it constantly and make sure fix all the bugs and yeah. makes a certain, like, it must be hugely costly to run there's, that there's service. No, yeah, there's no guarantee people you'll cap you'll keep people captive to that platform. They might just buy another console anyway and buy everything on there. Like mm. the the whole console market is a bit of a gamble that you think, well, people have invested my hardware. So therefore, mm. they're going to buy all their games through our storefront. Hopefully, we'll mm. get a cut of that. Plus, the games we make, we'll get hundred percent, all that stuff. But we mm. know people are buying sometimes two consoles at a time. Some people are supplementing their PC with another one. It's kind of like you're not going to ever get the hundred percent sales that you perhaps expect. Whereas, mm. if your games are available almost everywhere, then there's no excuses yeah. for anyone potentially not to pick it up yeah. and uh, go for it. But look, we'll see. It's um, it's happening sooner than i expected i did think they'll dribble this out i think it's hmm. if i had to guess it might be them making room for something else later in the year as to what that is there's all manner of speculation of what it could be but it feels like they've got a a half two it's very clear if they wanted to do more stuff and not not for it to be too much of a clusterfuck because even doing four at this stage it's a bit like oh when's that coming then that's coming then even i fucked it up and i didn't read it properly to be honest but you know not a professional. I would say there, there doesn't appear to be too much rhyme or reason to much of this at the moment. Um, yeah, making it up as they go. They can't be doing that, can they? A multi-trillion dollar company. They cannot be making it up as they go along. But One thing I've realised as I've got older is that no one really knows what they're doing. No up. one does. Uh, it, it, in the end, sometimes they just have to... Especially these companies that are beholden to a share price yeah. do things to ensure that that stays as stable as possible and mm. everyone's reactive and conscious of that and i don't know i i i think there is probably someone's come up with a plan and then some loudmouth releases saying or someone that's got another agenda goes that 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 yeah someone that knows someone at playstation and that do you know what i mean i think this is the way it largely works is it's damage control a lot of the time mm. um who knows? But well, I suspect play- they've got an idea of what they want to do, but whether it yeah. actually follows that pattern is another thing. Well, PlayStation aren't looking too hot. They had some uh, financial results that came out and <clears throat> essentially wiped ten billion off the stock market. I mean, I don't know what that means. I mean, you'll know more than me as to have you know what that is. It's not ideal, is how I'd always phrase that. Um, something around profitability only running at six percent, and the amount of money that's the amount of money that comes in and goes out is a 6% profit margin. It should have been closer to 12. So it mm. got people a bit spooked. So they're probably sitting there thinking we're not, even though we're seemingly dominating quote unquote, this generation hardware wise, mm. we're putting a lot of money into probably these very expensive games. We know how much the, I mean, Spider-Man two costs 300 million. Such a mad amount of money. The first one cost a hundred million. And I was like, where's that yeah. 200 million? What? I didn't see it. I mean, you've just finished it up, so you probably sit there thinking, I don't know when that well, that's money's gone. I mean, it's crazy the amount of money I mean, that's dipped into things. It means that everything's got to sell more to meet, you know, to make the, a profit. Just to break worth, even. Yeah. I mean, they're not in a, they're three not in a, times as many to yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, get your money back. You go for I the McDonald's approach, didn't you? Just chuck out to it and just get volume. One pound pennies. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... It's big money now. Like it's, it's hugely 
you know, and it, what since then? So, so it's hundred million. Now it's three hundred million. The games have gone from fifty to seventy. Uh, well, so the, hmm. was it fifty? I think it was sixty before for us. Uh, 20, it was fifty. It was 15, 2018, I think it was. Mm, correcting me, concerning. Well, I could be wrong. If I get it wrong, I'll get fact checked. We know that. <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah, so it's just a lot of money, isn't it? And I think, yeah. So they basically what happens is everyone has a panic or whatever, and the share price goes down because people sell stock, and because there's more people selling than buying it, um, the price goes down to meet demand. Um, and that's generally how it works at a very high level. Um, but sometimes it's just everyone just panics at this stuff. If it's not as good, they just sell the stock and then that's that. And that's how it wipes the value off it. But um, it's it's interesting that they've got such a high profit margin anyway. Like, Is that as far right? as I, yeah. Well, 6%. Well, well, I think like Tesco or someone like that runs at about 2 to 3%. Jesus, but that's quite but a the consistent... volume's so huge, and this is the thing. It sounds low, but the actual overall amount of that is a large number. Like that profit is huge, mm. but as a percentage of like true profit, it's very like <laughs> low margin. But Tesco is quite hmm, mm. stable. Yeah, would you, would you think that something like this, which is reliant on creative and technology, mm. like it's probably. Oh, I can see it fluctuating from year to year quite heavily because if you miss your yeah. deadlines or something doesn't come out, whereas Tesco is going to, people are always going to need the food, the milk, the yeah, fags, yeah, whatever they want. Yeah. It, it's yeah. just, unless they completely blow a, I don't know, do something crazy like ramp their prices mm. up or the club card bombs and goes, something like that, mm. you're going to have the same sort of people coming in and out of there, I, I would imagine. But. Mm. Interesting. I know what you mean. It's kind of cyclical, isn't it, with yeah. games? It depends what they release and how well they've been received and and all that kind of stuff. Like if a GTA launches and all of a sudden you get a bumper year and you haven't even got control really over that release date. <laughs> so it's, it, it's actually interesting how those things work because you're solely – there's a huge amount of var- variables and you're reliant on New trying content, to – New content, essentially. Yeah, stagger out first-party content because those are the ones that you can control. Yeah. Whereas Tesco's mm. aren't waiting for new content to get the punters no. in. Easter's no. going to do that for them. Fucking eggs already. I've seen them. I've seen them already. What's that? Though Immediately, though, pretty much once those eggs are gone, Halloween comes out. <laughs> Halloween. It comes after that. No, because it's Christmas, and then it's immediately in, into Valentine's, pretty much. Yeah. And after Valentine's, it's immediately it's... into Easter. I think we there get might a be break. a little. Yeah, there might be a little gap where you get all the summer toot, and then once the yeah, summer toot's back gone, to, back to school, Halloween. Oh, back to school, Halloween, and then mm. Christmas. Again. It's like a fucking constant yeah. stream of events, isn't Another it? Every year flushed. That Halloween's a fucking. <laughs> That along with Valentine's Day used to go <clears throat> completely. Some people in America they refer to Halloween as like a holiday. I don't. They get a day mm. off. I mean, that's mental. They nah. get a day off. I mean, that's not a holiday. I don't think is it? so. No, it's, it is. Someone correct more widely us celebrated. Yeah, if it's celebrated, too... it's fine. But don't call it a holiday mm. if you don't get a day off work for it. Like Labor well, it's Day. A, there, it's an American import, isn't it? This one. Yeah, like, it's, it's an American trash. thing. Mm. <laughs> more took coming in from over there. Anyway, this is Idle Game Chat, Dimp Digital's flagship video game podcast, here to talk about random gaming topics. And then... Not always gaming. 
No, no, it's not, is it? Especially this opening, 24 minutes old of garbage. But people get used to it. Mm. Uh, we have some game impressions to close out the show, almost certainly. That will run dry eventually, though, if people keep putting feet up. And um, we've got Logan here who's the Grand Prix winner. He's taking part in the Fantasy Gaming League Championship game, which we'll get an update on a little bit later. And patreon.com forward slash digital is the place to go to support this if you want to. But it is grassroots and independent, in case you didn't realise that by listening to that opening bile that came out of our mouths. Bile Titan, maybe. Hello, Synergy. Um, we got some Fantasy Gaming League updates to do. Let's go to Biff first. He's the busiest man in the championship at the moment. That Grand Prix is just a game a week he wants out. We've got Pacific Drive which has scored, I would say, a respectable 78. The trouble for him is he's had two shockers before that. So actually, mm. a respectable 78 is not going to pull enough weight for him. So it's dropped him in a bit of a pickle. His average is down at 73. Um, yeah, he's got seven games out, three remaining. I mean, it's it's looking like a, a difficult uphill stroll. He's going to have to rely on others tripping over bollocks, I think. But Pacific Drive is out at least. Let's try and find a review that's roughly what we've got. It's a 78. It's basically an 8. Who we got here? Mark Delaney from GameSpot. Ironwood Studios debut as a challenging roguelike car PG, rich in atmosphere, complexity, and fascinating lore. That's interesting, fascinating lore. Um, yeah, so this is a, it's a brand new studio, a new game. You essentially, mm. I don't know if you've seen this, but the, the crux of it is you have a car. And you drive, you basically you say, well, I'm going to do this mission on the map. You drive there, you collect resources, and the idea is you get back. And going through the environment is treacherous. There's weather events. There's like some fucked up thing going on in the world. Um, looks like there's some, maybe not magical stuff, but there's weird stuff going on. And the idea is that you get there and back with your stuff, and then you upgrade your car some more, and you can go further and further and do harder stuff and, and, and whatnot. But it's mainly around building out this little car. I mean, it's, a, it's like an estate or something. It's, some, it's not like mm. a, it's not a Ferrari you're roaring around in. But um, I was in, I am interested in this particular title, Pacific Drive. Obviously, it's come at a rotten time where Helldivers 2 has taken over everyone. And then we've got Final Fantasy VII Rebirth lurking in... A few days time as people listen to this on the free feed so that's then gonna cripple any efforts for this but mm. i wonder whether you'd seen this on your travels and whether this is whether mark's done enough for you there a, a challenging rogue like car pg rich in atmosphere complexity and law or fascinating law to get I, you, you love cars so i used to play a game on my phone which is basically like <laughs> you're in a car I can't remember what it's called now. It's really going to annoy me, but it was really good. It's called um, Earn to Die was the name of the game. Mm. And basically it's like a 2D scroller from side to side. The idea is you go through it with your car, see how far you can get, you run the finishes, oh. and then you build it up and get to the end. And then when you finish that level, you get a new car. What was that called again? Earn to Die. I used to I, play that or something very similar to that. I think maybe we was all yeah. playing it at one point. And you get different vehicles, um, couldn't you? That are different physics. Yeah. Like, yes. Um, it's that trials-type so yeah, experience, a, it felt like. A little like. bit, yeah, but with zombies and, and stuff like that. And they did a second one. They did Earn to Die 2, which, again, was like a slightly like upgraded-ish version, very slightly. Mm. And I actually really enjoyed that. And this reminds me of that, but in like 
first person. Yes, um, yeah, he's first person, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if... I would definitely say this isn't my typical... It's got cars in it. ...game. Yeah, but there's an element of, like, first person, get out of the car, scavenging yeah. and getting stuff to upgrade the car and stuff but it look the car looks like a ghostbusters car which i thought was quite cool yeah um, i said it was an estate is that correct is that what you'd refer that to or is that i think the the term? yanks would call it a station wagon well i don't we've told them about their imports we don't want them <laughs> it's been they know that at the end of the last segment um yeah it's an estate car but i don't know it looks it's one of those things i think i'll whack on my steam wish list yeah. and if it crops up at like Oh, it certainly 40% will. 40% off or so, yeah. Uh, and then, will. Yeah, at that point, I might jump Hasht- in. But it depends how much gamer. scrabbling there is, as we know. Yeah, I don't it's... know if there's necessarily things that jump out. I think it's more just that the weather and stuff can fuck your car. I mean, I could be wrong. I've not really... Mm. I was one of those games, I was like, if I'm going to play it, I want to go in pretty fresh. Like, I've seen that the scores yeah, are suggesting yeah. it's not a technical disaster. So it's mm. one down the road, as we might say, to, to, to does... pick up. It does look cool. Like yeah. you can literally, you have to like stop off on the roadside mm. and like start dismantling stuff and like new doing panels. things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty, like I'd say it's pretty involved. It's not a case of you can only upgrade at point to point no. and scavenge and certain. Like it looks like it's pretty kind of like free roamy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one that I'd look at probably on sale and definitely not one that I'm immediately going to pick up but no. as you say 78 no disgrace um, and we've no. said this before like these games that we can easily get criticized for not being good for the fgl are um are are still in their own right good games yeah absolutely so yeah i'll be uh, looking out for that i mean it'll probably appear on i imagine a subscription service at some point if not i think it's only on playstation and pc at the moment so mm. Um, <clears throat> I would imagine it will come to Xbox and maybe not Switch because it looks like it's a little bit involved for that. But at that point, you might expect to see it on a on a Game Pass. But Pacific Drive's out there and it's got Biffa seventy eight. He probably required more, but that's not really Pacific Drive's fault. That's his own fault for picking stuff like Suicide. So we can't we can't pin the blame on Ironwood Studios for this. I don't. Actually, think. a good game really for a late yeah on pick. If that's what it was. Well, he put it at number four. He didn't need to do that. I don't know what he does. I mean, I've picked him two years in a row, (laughs) trusting that he'll deliver. But it just sometimes worries me, the order. Like, it's not necessarily the games. It's the order they're chosen in that baffles me at times. I suppose for you, as long as the top four, and this would have been Mm. the fourth, if you're looking from your perspective as as a captain or whatever we refer to nowadays, coach team principal i don't know <clears throat> you can mm. the lowest game you can get on their list is the fourth game yeah so as long as they're top four solid now this was in his top four so in theory you could have ended up with last of us part two remastered as already picked prince of persia the lost crown which did get in rise of the ronin which you do have and then pacific drive but worryingly mm. kill the justice league was number five so it weren't a million miles away from you ended up with that in all honesty if he decided to wake up on the other side of the bed so yeah, it doesn't really matter to you about his next six games because if he bins his own no. Grand Prix, it's not a concern. You just got to, those people. He's better pick a, four good games to start with. Like stuff like this, I'd see somewhere like probably fifteen. Like it's, it, it looks like a risky game. Like it's done well, 
But it doesn't look like it's the sort of game that would traditionally score like 80s or around that mark. It looks like a 70-something, yeah. a low 70s game. In fairness, we know the Grand Prix, there are a lot more games there. So this, yeah, could, have yeah. been, this could have been his 15th pick in, or even lower yeah, than that. Yeah, and but, I'm fine with that. But I, don't, I can't remember what his list... In fact, do I have it? I could actually find it here. Ah, I fucking deleted it, didn't I? Like a burk. It's it just was... strange that stuff like this gets in above like Final Fantasy. But like, mm. I just, and I know we'll. Like, well, I think he had Final that, Fantasy, but... but someone else nicked it. I believe. Yeah, that's... but in his list, this is what in his in his no, when he does cause... the list. Yeah, when he, yeah, but I think Final Fantasy was above it. It's just that Adcock got it. So you know what I mean? He has to go. To, we have to go to the oh, next you game. Mean, right, I see what you mean. Yeah, so yeah I think it was lower down his list. It just ended up at mm. four. Because um, because other people have nicked it. Like I said, there's, there, there would have been one, two, three full rounds. So, yeah, I mean, there would have been, what, 19 games potentially already gone at that point. So it could have been his 20th game. I don't think it was. I don't think every, he had every game that was picked in front of him. I thought but... you were saying this was his fourth on his no, list. No, no, no. That's where it ended up, uh, sorry, after all was said and done. So I might yeah, have, yeah, that's what you mean. Might have... Um, Sold about the river there, but you get what you deserve normally in this life. But Pacific Drive, seventy-eight. He'll be livid listening to this back because nah, I've absolutely him for about five minutes there, and turned out it's probably not his fault. He deserves it. Final mm. Fantasy VII Rebirth. Yeah. Let me just see how many reviews it's got because that will tell us and tip us. Eighty-nine critic reviews. That's quite a lot. It's not the hundred yeah. that we normally go for to solidify our scores. But it is sitting on a 93, yeah, which is a very good score indeed. Mm. And in fact, it's the highest scoring game of the FGL so far. It's in Paper's team. Yeah. Now, I can't remember if you had first game or first team member pick. I can't remember what way round it was. But game. Last of Us Part 2 Remastered was, was chosen. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth left in the bins. Yeah. And he's topped it. Now, Paper will yeah. be very happy with this because he's been struggling a little bit. With, well, not struggling, but Mario versus Donkey Kong. Below par. We'd say 85's par. Yeah, it wasn't. that wasn't what he mm. was after. But this has probably energised the team again. And there's still, obviously, other pitfalls to get through. A long, long way to go. But first of all, I mean, were you surprised to see this score? I mean, I think I put in the group as a prediction, like 87 because mm. I felt like it was going to be too big, bloated, people be annoyed. I'm pretty sure I'm going to love it, but that's not how mm. you have to judge these things. But to see it come out as a 93, I was like, blimey, that is a, yeah. that's a good, good score. And there won't be too many games in the FGL that eclipse that. No, I mean, I, I thought there might be an element of fatigue. I yeah. thought there might be an element of... Um... I've seen that in the reviews, like the comments, like like the, mm. the brief synopsis, like, yeah, it's it's too long. But it seems mm. to have overcome that. And I've seen like quite core issues being called out, but they're like, yeah, still still 9.5. And you're like, well. <laughs> People will love it, irrespective, largely. It, I think it gets a lot of goodwill. It's got an advantage for sure. Yeah. I didn't think it was going to... Well, I felt, let me rephrase it. I thought that The Last of Us was a better banker for more points. And that might safer. still be the case. Yeah, it was a safer... I mean, there's no guarantees in this life, but it's as close to as it could have got. And it was between that, probably, and Final Fantasy. I think those were my top two, if I remember rightly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's absolutely not um, not surprising it's done well. I guess I'm just a little bit surprised. I expected it 
to be high 80s. Um, yeah. I and the original, the people... for context, mm. got an 88. It was say the original, the remake, the, the first yeah. part of this remake trilogy, 88. Mm. So that's a significant uptick, five odd points. And like I said, it might drop to mm. 92. I've seen it lurking around there. Still so very good, though. It's still going to likely um, fall yeah. in the 90s, yeah. Mm. So, so he needed it. He absolutely needed it. Um, helps, uh, you know, level out some of those, as you say, below par ones that he's had before. But yeah, it's you know, it was to be expected. Not far off that mark. As I say, it's probably five points above where I thought it would go. So good result for for James. Yeah, and Adcox got it in his Grand Prix team, which we will touch upon in a minute. But let's go to mm. some or a review. I try not to do too many of these because I get fatigued reading. Too much stuff verbatim. Is that the word verbatim? Uh, well, yeah. What's that mean? Well, if you read something out verbatim, it says word it's written. For word. word for word, yeah. What's that thing that Biff says? Well, as it's... As it, take it as it's read. Yeah. <laughs> so Doesn't there's no room for nuance, sarcasm, context. No, text. It's not it is as it is. It's as serious <laughs> as it gets. So look, Steve Boxer... From Metro Game Central. They've, Interesting. There's a new... So the AI sacked, maybe. Has chat GBT been binned from Metro Game Central? Because Steve Boxer has been named. And look, this is... They're notoriously hard asses. I don't know if Steve... Yeah. Maybe Steve's not. Maybe he's a new generation coming in. But he's given it a 9 out of 10, which is what drew my eyes to this particular review. Because I was like, that's in- interesting. Because like I said, they're normally crap on everything other than Nintendo. Mm. That's the rule. It's the way they, they, the business is done then. You can see that if you look through the data. An object lesson in how to turn an old classic into a modern masterpiece that surpasses even Final Fantasy VII Remake in terms of appealing to both veteran fans and complete newcomers. So it was straddling that line of, do you need to play the original? I would argue yes. Um, can newcomers enjoy it? It seems like you can, but I think you obviously lose 15, 20% of extra texture there that's that's on offer for mm. those that know what's going on, know what's quote-unquote really going on. Yeah. Um, but that's an impressive score from, from Metro. Maybe they're starting to lighten up a little bit over there. But um, it's saying Maybe it's just here, a really good game. Well, it could be. It's really, it could, yeah, maybe, maybe it is a 93. Yeah. Maybe I'm being a bit too hard on it. <laughs> but it's saying here, look, it's appealing for veteran fans and complete newcomers. The door's open for you, Logan. You need uh, something to get you off that Helldivers. No, to be fair, I've Helldivers hasn't caught me as much as I thought it would. I'm enjoying it, but I'm not um, gushing over it. I guess is the way to put it. Um, right. I'm not. I'm not really that interested in Final Fantasy. Any of them. Hmm. I, I I think it's one of those things that. Largely, yet to have some interest in and have some history with, and I just don't. I don't um, really, though. Let's be honest. I only got on the bandwagon at fifteen. Yeah, but I didn't never. Well, we can start. Uh, we can start now. Look, he's telling you, uh, Steve Boxer from Metro Game Central, nine out of ten. It's just not my sort of thing. Mm. It's just not my sort of thing. Um, never say never, as I said last week. Never ever rule anything out. Um, but not on the. I think you should try horizon. sixteen one day. That's all. Uh, yeah, never. As I say, never say never. Atkins has got um, it. I mean, could so swap can... back speddings and then exchange it. I'm just 
Because 16 like they're all single entries. Seven yeah. remake and rebirth is a little bit different. That's mm. a trilogy they're doing. But they're you know 16. Don't need any previous knowledge. I don't and... even really care about that. Like I'm not well, hugely bothered do. about the law. That's the main bit. Um, I just don't know what. I mean, it could change my perspective on it. I, I think I'm a bit scared off by the length as well. They um, are egregiously lo- like 16. It didn't need uh, silly, careless from them to do that. I think that. I don't like things that outstay their welcome. But you're all happy it. to bin things anyway, so you could get 20 hours in yeah, and go walking away. And... and then I feel like, especially with something like that, that I haven't, I've missed something. Like, well, if I yeah. don't, well, everyone else loves it, so what am I, what am I not doing right, or what am I not getting out of it that everyone else does? I, I, I just don't, I don't see that I would like it, but I, again, I don't rule it out. I might mm. come back to it in a few years' time, and I'm. A bit longer in the tooth, and um, there might be something there for me. But with the with the slots that I have, it take me a fucking year to get through this game as it is. So cheap then keeps keeps costs down, doesn't it? Value really? for money. Well, that's one way to look at it. That's fair enough. I would recommend sixteen to try. I mean, it is too long, mm. really, for most normal humans. That is, mm. and I'm not normal, so it's fine for me. But. <laughs> yeah, I understand it is too long. But you know, if you're like a biff that's happy to bim things, yeah, I don't. I can. I don't like to start start stuff with the mindset of binning it. But no. what I do do is I'll go right. If I don't, then I'm. Where do I cut my losses with it? I don't like to go in with that mentality that if no. I don't like it, I'll just chuck it in the bin. It's like if I'd have done that, Pentiment wouldn't have got a look in at all. Like, well, did so, it deserve it in hindsight? Well, that's always a tricky thing to say. Um, no, Spirit Ferrer, thirty hours. Spirit Ferrer, God, come on! It was a tough time over COVID, wasn't it? When that's getting installed <laughs> for twenty thirty hours. So agree. That's so offensive to me that that happened, and it was my own it was fault. Doubly as long as it needed. Yeah, doubly as long. Yeah, like. Uh, I ain't going to go into it. It's, it's there in no, the archives no. for people to hear that get yeah. shat on. Because it could have been great in a way, but it wasn't. Yeah, if it just wasn't 30, 20 to 30 hours of a game. Yeah. Ridiculous. Anyway, Final Fantasy Rebirth, looking good. I'm going to be getting that and then splitting my time between that and Helldivers, which might just be a little weekly top-up. I'll just go into, have a little sesh. I would be interested to see how that, and if it, maintains um interest maintains interest yeah because i've been surprised how caught by it you are it's well, not what divers. i would say yeah it's not your typical co-op mate yeah yeah and I, i'm you know it's it's just Bugs. the setup of it and the progression and the i wouldn't say the grind so i don't think there's a grind there but um yeah, I, I just it doesn't lend itself to you being arguably the most cool, I would say, out of the group, which is mm. interesting to me. It's not what I would have expected. No, 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 did I really? But it's kind mm. of it came at the perfect time because I'd literally just finished Cyberpunk. Yeah. Well, mostly, and I was like, well, I've got basically two weeks to kill here before Final Fantasy and providing Final Fantasy Rebirth was going to be scoring well and wasn't a technical disaster I was always likely to to jump on it day Mm. one 
And I was like, well, this will fill a gap if nothing else. And to be mm. honest, like, I, when I saw the trailer, I think I said this last time, I saw the trailers, I thought that looks really good, but I've been, you get lied to in these trailers, so I'm not going to yeah, do. be doing yeah. that. And then I saw like, there's a groundswell of like, oh no, it's actually pretty good. And then really just like the nuts and bolts, even just like running around and firing the guns, particularly with mm. this dual sense. I love the ha- the haptics on this game are fucking quality. Mm. Like the fucking trigger is it vibrates and you unload on those little bastards. Interesting. Like it, just the the general, you know, if you boil it down, take away everything away, just running around and shooting is just fun. And obviously with the mm. strategy, like it's, we'll, we'll yeah. get to it eventually. I don't know how much time it yeah. needs to be given before a verdict is rendered and necessarily who will, will do that, but. Yeah. I kind of want to. I want to see. In my opinion, I want to see what the next set of like war bonds are. So their battle passes. I just to see how much fucking about they're doing with with that. Um, I feel like they will need to switch it up in some way because I think, I think it will once run a month. Dry. I think it's like there's a certain Thursday every month they're going to drop a new war bond. They've basically said and mm. not get rid of any old stuff and nothing expires. So you just you activate it as and when you're ready. Um, yeah, yeah, I've got enough super credits to buy another war bond without paying anything. So I think the monetization side of things is not egregious so far. I don't know if again I no. want someone else who knows about the games. These it's games very more. generous. Okay, like, this is the, the the way that they're structuring the battle. Like, there's no. I mean, generally, like I'm thinking about Rocket League mainly. Like, you can get free credits through working your way through the battle pass, but I don't know if without buying it. Initially, you would get enough through that to rebuy it. I mean, normally, so when you buy a battle pass, like Call of Duty does the same. It's like if you don't buy anything else, you'll have enough to buy your next one Mm. when it rolls around if you complete it. So generally, that's the way that they do it. But like Destiny's content is like if you want it, you pay for it. There's no way of obtaining it otherwise, like the seasonal stuff. Um, that's my concern these bungee fucks have a look at it and go well now we're here we're in the Sony ecosystem let's have a look at this and try mm. and I always say there's this line isn't there they try and push to eventually these games they, they don't want to step over the line but they will occasionally mm. just to test the waters it'll be so interesting because if they you know I think there's an opportunity for them to make this a, a really good ongoing game mm. uh, and live service game that people want to actively come back to but if you start switching it around from how they like yeah. it and why it's attracted people all of a sudden you start losing that faith and people go well I'm not going to I'm not doing this again yeah i think at the moment um, they're in a place where cuz the monetization seemingly isn't egregious they're mm. getting goodwill investment like people are like well i want yeah. to just buy some credits cuz i want to support it i mean i don't think mm. that's a way to do it now but I, I don't think i would do that mm. especially when the servers have been a bit wonky for a week or so and we'll see about yeah. If it was free, picks. and this is where it's difficult, I've already yeah. paid £35 yes. for the game. Yes, yes. I've paid nothing for Rocket League. I've paid nothing for Fortnite. So it's a, there's a balance to be had in terms of like the actual business model. And I think because you pay for the original game, I think because it's largely intended for co-op and various mm-hmm. things, I think they do need to encourage some sort of goodwill and yeah. playability of it and, and reward through playing it because you've already paid the initial money. Yeah. And I think there is that slight differentiation to be made. But yeah, it's, you know, I think I agree. It's it's not egregious and um, it's strange really that you can earn these things. I, I find that comparatively as well, the super credit purchasables are relatively low. 
like price yeah the single wise. items that you find are yeah. yeah and yeah I mean you can you can get the super credits in the in the war bond or in the battle pass but equally in the game you can just find them mm. which is yeah. interesting because I wasn't expecting that to be part of you can of it. get them out and not get a fucking eagle put in your head two seconds before you're supposed to be getting out yeah, there's bugs lurking the eagles go out it's as simple as that so I'm interested to see how long they stick to this method for and whether it they do start to get a bit nasty with mm. it but I think at the moment they realise that they're under co- under the cost for technical connectivity don't want any bad PR well you've already got people that can't get in the game some nights um, although the last session we played we were fine and this is mm. recorded before a weekend peak would normally happen so we have to, that's when it's yeah. worse like I think the Saturdays and Sunday evenings tend to be the disaster so- zones but Saturday days and Sunday days and weekday evenings which um, we've tried a few times this week. Mm. Got better, didn't they? There was earlier in yeah. the week, it was a bit terrible. Mm. And then, you know, our last session we tried to play at the back end of the week was much better. In fact, I really was- think the changes they've made in terms of giving people a fucking kick if they're just sitting there idling is... Well, it will help. Everyone's sus. There's like, I can sit here for four hours and yeah. take up a slot and then just come back to it and I'm ready. And I think I might not even come back, the little bastard. That. Well, all that, yeah. No names, but yes. yeah, I think they're, they're they're actively doing stuff, and I think that's encouraging. Like they're not just sitting on it, and um, I think yeah, a lot of it is very positive. It's just a little bit frustrating that you've got. I mean, I even last night when I exited the game, it crashed, and things like that. That there's still it's technical still limitations that are um, that are frustrating, but overall, getting getting better. Indeed, what have we got here to close this tutor out. Oh, the Switch 2, seemingly yeah. not coming until 2025. So that's the rumour in innuendo. When last week was kind of, we expect it to come 2024, mm. as most people did, but there were some reports going around that it's more to do with the games not being lined up to launch on time. Mario, which, 3D, well, that's all we need. That's maybe what it is. Maybe they're like, we need a bit more time to cook that. So yeah, maybe we won't get it till next year. Uh, early next mm. year. I mean, I think the Switch original was like a March or February release, something like that, and it's mm. sold fine. So it's not really a, a problem from that perspective, but that's worth keeping an eye on. Um, do you want European sales data right. or do you want UK sales data, monthly January charts? I'm not sure I've got any real preference. Do you want to go Brexit or do you want to stay in the EU? That's what you've been offered here. <laughs> What? <laughs> don't we normally do European sales? We data? do, but I remember saying, yeah, do I, that. okay, doesn't consistent this time round. Interesting. It would be interesting to see what the difference is between us and Europe. Um, I mean, it's hard to fuck it. Christy Dring's doing it as usual, he's at it again, mm. but it's hard to draw any real comparisons. I mean, I'll tell you, we can do both charts, that'll take a minute. And then we can compare. Yeah, do so that. So UK, digital and physical. Unsurprisingly, EA Sports FC's top. Last of Us 2 Remastered was second. So that's done pretty well. Although I think that's benefit because this isn't this mm. isn't money spent. This is copies sold slash activated. You had that £10 upgrade for The Last of Us Part 2 Remastered. Yeah. I think that counts, which mm. is almost... Well, it's, it's much... Even the data he's saying. Well, maybe... Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 is third. Christ. Hogwarts Legacy fourth. GTA 5 fifth. Grand Theft Auto Online is sixth. I don't know how that's... I didn't know where to pay for that. Maybe you do. I mean, maybe they did separate it out, you know. Anyway, Tekken 8 is seventh. Mm. Red Dead 2 is eighth. Super Mario Brothers Wonder is ninth. And Spider-Man 2 is tenth. 
That's the UK charts. Yeah. Europe. So football, not football manager, EA Sports FC top, Last of Us second, Hogwarts third. So it's, it's swapped Hogwarts and fucking Modern Warfare 3 around. GTA 5 fifth, Tekken 8 sixth, Super Mario Brothers Wonder seventh. Interesting one here, eighth, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice. Sure. Old guy, I think it was on sale mm. and it shifted a lot of copies, probably in, in line also of their developer direct that went out and mm. was plugging the second one. Nine, mm. Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. And then 10, Need for Speed Heat. Christ. So there's some variety there. Mm. But um, across the board, what does it say here? Game sales dip by over 7% in European markets. So that's compared to last January. And what have we got in the UK? Blah, 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 blah. Video and software hardware sales fall year on year by 3%. So the peak has happened. Sony had a really good good year last year. I expect every month they'll be down because they were, I don't know if you remember, we'd read out the stats and it'd be like up 176%. And you're like, well, yeah, it was mad, that ain't it? sustainable. Um, mm. But everything else on the downturn as well. The Switch was down. Obviously, the Xbox is always down, it seems. I don't know what that's all about. And then now we've got PlayStation on the way down. But yeah, we'll have to make a decision next time. It's either Euro, it's either Brexit or EU. We've got both there. I mean, yeah. Done. Well, look, we can actually depart now because the ending sequence for this particular edition is Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. So this is the prequel to Final Fantasy VII. Zach's, I mean, it's a ridiculous name. <laughs> Zach's, I don't know I'm going to fit that in the title, all that. Zach's story, I played through this to get the context required. I'm basically all caught up now and everything needed. I'm having a little scrub through like the original remake just to refresh myself. I couldn't remember exactly what was occurring there. Um, but I'm ready for Rebirth, basically. I've played through that game. I've watched Advent Children, which was a CG. I mean, that... I think it's been released in 2005 or maybe 2004. And in-engine, in real-time gameplay has easily surpassed the looks of that film, which is uh, interesting. I don't know if that's expected or not, but I think that's what they were at for long, was like, we'll never get games that look this good. And it's like, well, mm. they do. <laughs> and, and you're playing them, you're, play you're interacting with them. It's not just cutscene now. So that was interesting. To That's not a very good film either. I wouldn't recommend people do that. But the reason why I did it... Here's the explanation, not that it's needed. Yeah. In America and in Japan, this CGI movie, this this sequel to Final Fantasy VII, this movie they made, they recently put it back out in cinemas in Japan and the US. And I thought, well, why are you doing that with Rebirth coming around? You, clearly there's something in there in my head that's worth having context for. Lore. Lore. Now, I can't remember what happened in the film because it was such a nonsense. So I don't know if I'm going to retain what they were trying to show me, but I thought mm. I'll best get on it anyway. Three pound of Amazon Prime. I mean, annoying it was on Netflix six months ago, so had I been more organised, it could have been... <laughs> saved three pounds. I saved three UK pounds, which won't even buy you a pint these days. Anyway, that's what we've got. Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. We'll see how I felt of that game. But as usual... We'll see you on the other side.
Here we are then, back with some game impressions. To close out this edition of Idle Game Chat, got apps here with Logan to discuss Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. No surprises to guess that I'm the one who's going to be talking about this game. Logan shaking his head already, not really understanding what this is. To be honest, I think there's even Final Fantasy fans who don't understand what this is. There's so much extra lore around Final Fantasy VII, which I can get into at a very high level because I'm no expert, that um, it's hard to keep up with what they're playing at, really. But yes, I played through this game on the PS5, so... I'll hand over to you. I've got a store page ready if you want a primer, but I'll let you decide and dictate when and where we go for this opening gambit. Yeah, I mean, store page is, is a good place to start because the title of this game is just a load of words, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, usually. That's normally, <laughs> normally what they tend to do, these fucks. So we'll start there. So let's have a look. More than a remaster. Then why call it that? Because one of my initially, one of my, I will say this game felt like almost like a remake, and yet they were insistent on calling it a remaster. But then immediately there, they're already needling their own category, saying, "Well, is it more than a remaster?" It's like, well, it is. So why not call it a remake? Because you wouldn't have got raked over the coals for this, that's for sure. Anyway, waffling. More than a remaster, Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion is a stunning retelling of the beloved prequel to Final Fantasy VII. Discover the story of soldier operative Zack Fair, a young warrior who discovers the truth behind his employer's secret ex experiments. Meet familiar Midgard residents, master new material, and unleash Zack's full combat potential with the updated battle system, fully remastered graphics, voice dialogue, and, dyna and dynamic newly arranged soundtrack from the original composer <gasps> Takahuri Ishimoto. Done well. Breathe new life into this gripping origin story well that's what they've given you now what i will say just to settle any confusion for people this was originally released in japan in 2007 and then in europe it came in 2008 and it was a psp game playstation portable so it's worth just keeping that in mind because obviously the design of the game for a playstation portable game it's different from what you'd get from Final Fantasy VII Remake and what's to come, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. The scope and everything's much reduced. So worth keeping in mind that this is a uh, a game that's completely and utterly designed and based around a portable handheld from, what's that, 15 years ago? I mean, it's it's, mm. it's a long time ago now. And it's on a, on a it wasn't even on a, on a, on a full-blown console. But anyway, that's my waffle done. And that's probably set the stage nicely for you. To well, perform. well... First question. Yep. Why is this getting played? Good. Wait. Simple. Wow. <clears throat> so I played Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah. Now, having played through it, yeah. read up a little. Because I didn't play the original. Not all the way through. One of those ones that it got played for about an hour and I thought, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm going to kid. No, it's what come yeah. out in 97, 98. What's going on here? 10 years old. Get me off that. So I never got played, the original. But I thought, well, remake, well, why not? I've done it with Resident Evil 4, Dead Space. Like, there's all these remakes that are coming out doing such a great job of this. And I thought, well, I'll just jump on that and be done with it and follow that thread through. And they said, we're going to do it in three parts. You know, it's going to be full action. I was like, okay, I'll go on for the ride here. 
I don't know what's going on at a meta level, but I have a a distinct feeling that actually this remake is going to divulge from the original quite a bit. So having known that, I went off and looked through the story of the original Final Fantasy VII, which I wouldn't normally do because I'm kind of I'm potentially spoiling two entries of a game to come. But I just thought there's something not right here. And all I'll say is that it's to me it's clear this is not going to be a straightforward remake. So there's going to be certain things I believe that are going to be different. And who knows what they do with some level of tying it all together. There's potential for that as well. This is all speculation at this point. So I thought it's not going to be a one-to-one remake. It's not going to follow necessarily the exact same story beats. They can go off and do whatever they want. And then I thought, well, that's that's all fine and dandy. I'll wait for Rebirth. I now know what happened in the original. So I'm going to notice things that are changing or preempt them and, and maybe be excited by them. I don't know. But then they dropped this about 12 or 13 months ago, this, uh, this Crisis Core reunion remaster, which is a prequel to the original Final Fantasy VII. I thought, I'm not, I don't know what happened there. You know, I don't know the details of it. I roughly know the the story arc, but I don't know what occurred, who the characters are. And I thought, given what they're doing, given that they're fucking about with things, that they're twisting things around potentially, they're trying to subvert expectations. I thought, there's a reason why this has been released in between Final Fantasy VII Remake and Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I just can't, I couldn't get over the timing of it. And I thought, well, if nothing else, this will fill in a story beat because it's a prequel to seven and then I can understand what happened prior to that. And then whatever's going forward now, I feel pretty well prepared for rebirth when that comes. So it was purely from a story perspective, just understand what was going on. And uh, it wasn't a full price game. It was actually 50 quid when it first came out. And I thought that's a little bit steep. Um, And then it appeared on that store for 30 quid. And I was like, here we go. That's, that's what I was kind of looking for. So dived in to, fill in some story, play through a prequel and be nice and prepared, as well prepared as I can be for the second part of this remake trilogy that they're doing. Okay. Scary. So let's dig into this remaster remake wording. You've already referenced it's an old game. Like 15 years is an old game. Five years these days is an old game, right? So I'm asking a lot. PSP... Not yeah, particularly a, got much run. Put an extra modifier, didn't you? Because on handheld, not only is it 15 years yeah. old, you then go right as times 2.0 because it's on a handheld at mm-hmm. the time. So, so old two. How does that translate into what you're playing now? So what it translates into is a bit of a, a mashup. First of all, you've got things that there's a clear disconnection between modern and new, because the old sort of pre-rendered cutscenes don't upscale nicely. So those cutscenes look a bit cack. Look fine, but they're not like they're not very they're not sharp. Because actually the rest of the game, they've done such a big visual overhaul that I'm not saying it looks like a next gen title, but it looks respectable. Like you look at that and glance at it, you play it and you think, yeah, it looks like a modern game that I'm playing, like just in gameplay. So what's created is this discount of the stuff they could you know, change, tweak, upscale, make it look better, buff out. Plus the old stuff, the legacy stuff, they couldn't do unless they completely scrapped it and redid it, which they weren't prepared to do. So you've got a little bit of inconsistency there, which is fine. It's not the end of the world. And in terms of the gameplay, I can't comment on what has and what hasn't changed. 
Um, but it feels fine. Like it's not. I wouldn't say it's the most amazing set of action combat I've ever played. There's, some, there's an interesting fruit loop or fruit machine type thing called the DMV, which I'll get into later on. Providing you remind me, I've, I've got it noted here just to talk about that, which is interesting. But in terms of like the combat, is it as deep as other things? Maybe not, but it's certainly not lacking. You're not saying, well, this feels old and too. It just feels a bit basic, I guess, at this time. And I only played it on normal. So again, if you put it on the higher difficulties, you've probably got to be a lot more careful about what you're, what material you're equipping and things like that. Um, and then you've got, I guess, the design of the game. This is where ultimately you feel the PSP in the 15 years old because the areas that you run around in are very small. They're very linear. They are corridors but are not physical corridors they're just world corridors i would call them tiny tiny bit of exploration that you'll get um ra random encounters like old school pokemon you just be running along a path and suddenly it'll go activating combat mode and they'll appear that is startling that that noise it makes every time it made me fucking jump giving me a fucking anxiety running around the world that was waiting for that to kick in and sting you <laughs> so yeah. that's where it kind of all comes to a head it's this really good looking game in motion feels great to play design aspects feel old and limited not bad just limited and old and then you've got the old legacy cutscenes and whatnot that just look a bit tatty in 2024 i guess is when when this will go out so yeah, yeah. it's a bit of a mix match but it's actually it was it was nice to play through something like that that wasn't completely consistent it's just an interesting like case study seeing where they could improve it where they could lean into the enhancements and where ultimately they went look we chucked hands up at this and we ain't going to do it and you just kind of dealt that hand but if nothing else it was interesting to experience these this ebb and flow of the game mm. where you can see where there's 2020 it was made in 22 2022 you know polish put on it versus old design because that's in place the skeleton's already there plus old pre-rendered mm. cutscenes and things like that and of course it's a final fantasy game so the voiceover and the storytelling is eccentric let's say gotcha it would have been interesting if you had relatively recently played this game obviously <laughs> acknowledging that's difficult because it's a psp game and whatnot yeah. but i always think sometimes it's difficult to judge the amount of improvement without never playing it i mean the thing that still surprises me is whenever i played um master chief collection and just press that fucking button yeah to see like on the fly what they've done you go good lord yes like, it really does you know make you check yourself doesn't it to yeah. go because it's easy to get complacent with what you've got there and then you go you, your brain forgets what it used to be like and i think sometimes it's good to just get that that refresh and just reminder of what they've actually done yeah um, yeah but I agree with that you know, going back to why you played this and what you wanted to get out of it, you know, you said you were going for the lore and the story mm. and the rich backstory, as we know you like. You like to get immersed in your your storytelling and understanding the whole world and stuff. Do you feel like this game hit the mark with what you were looking for there? To be honest, I knew the rough outline of what occurred. You know, I certainly knew what the conclusion would be. And I would, I would say... It probably didn't quite live up to the high notes that I was expecting. I don't know why I put that pressure on it, but in my head I was thinking this is this is a compelling piece of this mm. Final Fantasy VII universe. Like this really is a compelling piece. It's almost like a catalyst of certain events that will that may take place. So I was thinking they, this is going to just deliver on that front. Absolutely. I'm not saying yeah. it's bad. 
It's just I got through it and I was like, yeah, it was what I had knew about and it didn't really, didn't emotionally affect me. It didn't really draw me in too much. It just felt, mm. it actually felt more, <laughs> I was more enamoured with the, the gameplay to a certain extent than the story. It kind of slowed down. The pacing was a bit strange. Like, there was a couple of chapters mm. and I was like, what are we, what are we up to here? Like it's a, it's not, a, I wouldn't say it's a long game. It took me 17 hours to get through and mm. well, you can talk about a side to that. I did thirty percent of the side to seventeen hours. I mean, the side to is some of the. I'm mean, slagging off Final Fantasy sixteen about its side missions. This is a new level of garbage that they've wheeled out, like utter. But it was designed for the PSP. It was designed to be bite sized. Yeah. And they've got yeah. hundreds of hundreds of these fucking side missions to do. Anyway, we can we can talk about that. But yeah, I would say on the story front, it probably didn't quite meet the mark. Um, but nonetheless, if nothing else, I've got another layer of texture to go forward with Final Fantasy VII. Mm. So worthwhile doing and recommend for people on that front if they want to understand what's going on. But you've got, mm. to have, you've got to know what that Final Fantasy VII original story is because this will give away the game to a certain extent. Glad Adkins asked me about this and I was like, don't play... I said, play, find out what happened when the games were released in that order because there's a reason why I did that. Because this mm. assumes knowledge... It assumes knowledge of what happens in that original. So if you haven't got that yeah. basic, you're going to be sitting there going, oh, now I know certain things that are happening in, in seven. So, you know, if nothing else, I've got that extra layer of texture, which I'll take because it just add an extra 10% to this, the future of the, mm. this, this franchise as it continues. Yeah, it's interesting because it's a bit like Men in Black, which is a really, really weird <laughs> comparison, but it's the first thing that comes to mind when... I think it's Men in Black 3 where he goes back into like the 60s to see Kay. Oh, yeah. And Kay is completely different. Yeah. And he's like, what happened to you? And you know what Kay's like now. So you're like, this is weird. But if you hadn't watched the previous one and two, yeah. you'd have no concept of what's going on. <clears throat> yeah. And um, I know what you mean sometimes when, although it's a prequel, it assumes well, that you've done the groundwork of the stuff that come before it. There was a reason why it's called a prequel, and actually, it's not the first thing in the entry, and and the one that you mm. watched before is the sequel. Like the reason yeah. why it's called a prequel is because it it knows it can lean on knowledge of the original. That's the whole yeah. point of it, because it's supposed to enhance the understanding of not just the the first film, but also give you a an mm. or, normally, as I said, an origin story is usually what these prequels are serving out to do. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it's a, it's a tough line. To, I can see why people don't like prequels generally because. They're always sort of winking and nodding at you, going, "Well, look, you now you know why X, Y, and Z happened in the original." Whilst also trying to tell their own story, it doesn't always quite mesh together. But mm. you know, it was what it was. I mean, sometimes these Final Fantasy stories can be hit or miss. Anyway, I found like some of them can have really great like a synopsis. Like you read through the synopsis and you think, "Fuck me, that sounds powerful." And then when you get into it, you're like, well, the way they've delivered that just doesn't come across at all. And then there's other ones where you read it and go, "Why is that convoluted crap?" you get into the game, you're like, good Lord, they've really managed to nail this. So you can't always win on that front. Yeah. Um, so I guess the main reason you went into it was the story and it didn't really hit the mark. Were there other things that you were surprised about or that you really liked about this game? I mean, you, you know, acknowledging it's not going to be God of War Ragnarok, right? No, yeah. I mean, it's not. It's certainly not God of, God of War Ragnarok. It has this material system, which is relevant to like Final Fantasy VII, which are basically these little like 
people are going to fucking cre- little magic balls that you get and they allow yeah. you to allow you to carry out certain spells or actions and whatnot and the general rule is if you if you equip the materia the more you equip and use it it levels up over time and then you can start to fuse materia a with materia b to get materia x and the idea is that you kind of leverage the material that you pick up you know you, you maybe build a, a super powerful fire spell and then you can use that against the enemy that's got you know elemental weakness to fire and things like that there's a number of different things you can do there's tons of different combinations and whatnot so that's always fun i've found in the final fantasy 7 games to piss around that material level it up really think about your loadout depending on the enemies you're going to face. And sometimes you don't know that till you get in the battle. So you kind of have to either adjust it on the fly or fail once or twice to do that. Um, and then the actual combat itself is pretty basic. It's, you know, hit X, L1 to... Sorry, hit square to hit, to, to, to punch or whatever. Hit L... I think it's R1 to block. Hold L1 and press a face button or a uh, one, of the, one of the back buttons to use your materia dodge with x like it's all these the basic kind of bits there and it's you know avoid damage hit them in the weak points hit them with material that's going to damage them or weaken them and try and finish them off um it doesn't overload you with two it doesn't chuck just hundreds of crap at you again i think it's a restriction of the psp like you can probably mm. have maybe five or six enemies on the screen at once you can't have 30 which some games have done they go well we'll make it harder by chucking an army at you in one go and you're like well not quite what i was after if i'm honest so on that side of things, it's good. The real X factor of it is this DMV fruit machine. It's a fruit machine on the top left-hand corner, all right? And uh-huh. it randomly just spins as you're, as you're in combat. It's spinning, and it'll, it'll stop on an icon or a character in the game, blah, blah, blah. If you get free of the matching tiles, as you would in a fruit machine, you get a reward, you get a buff. So sometimes you'll get... Um, like unlimited magic points for 30 seconds, meaning you can use your material and not run down your meter. You'll get unlimited action points. You'll get, um, I don't know, a buff to your health. You'll get a buff to your resistance. Like It's completely random. In some cases, it'll roll and hit what they call like a summon, which is like a super powerful move. You enact that and it'll basically take a big chunk of a, of a boss or it'll kill smaller enemies in one hit. And there's like a second level down where you can do like certain character motions that you've met. So Angeal, one of the people you, you meet, kind of teaches you this, this rising slash, it's called. If you get free of his face, you can then hit triangle and it'll do a quick cutscene and it'll hit the damage on the, on the opponents that are there and it'll take a big chunk off them or kill them. But what's interesting about it is it is completely random. So it, it it can make some battles almost trivially easy. Like if you if you roll a summon, like a huge level four summon at the start of it, and just enact it, you're going to just be so far ahead of the game at that point <clears throat> that you're going to be laughing. Equally, you rely on it too much, and it doesn't roll in your favour, and you're not learning how to just play the basic of the game. You can be mm. left capping and struggling. Cause you're like, where's my summon to finish this off? And it's like, no, you need to still play the game as well. So it's a it's such a weird thing. Now, just think about what I've just explained there. That's in the game, yeah. just happening. RNG. Yeah, like, it's just like, what mm. is going on? Digital Mind Wave, it stands for. And yeah, it's just a, sp- a set of spinning wheels and it will just dictate what buffs you get throughout the course of battle. And it even mm. goes as far that if you land on 777, Zack will go up a level. Um, increasing like your health, your your points and your abilities and whatnot. So... 
even like the um, leveling is determined by this thing because it's not. Yeah. It's this, as far as I understand, there's no experience points. Like it's just if you um, hit seven seven seven, you'll go up a level. If you don't, you won't go up. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you'd imagine that that is somehow coded, right? Because you'd you'd you hope just, so. Yeah. Like if you hadn't after so many spins, sure. or if you'd earned X amount of like background points, or whatever, <laughs> you go up. But, um, yes. I. That's interesting. You say that it's like crowning jewel because some way. I mean, it's nonsense. In, yeah. It this is, is why it surprises me because you'd be everyone has a different battle yeah. or everyone has a different experience with the game yeah. because of it which is a good thing but i know that sometimes this sort of stuff can annoy you because you think you've either made something too easy for me and i haven't had the full experience or yeah you've made it you know you've just given me toss or whatever i don't know or if you don't get leveled up or whatever it might be i could i could see that quickly yeah I think, a frustration. I think my my painting of it being an actual fruit machine of random luck is probably not quite accurate. I am almost certain yeah. there are certain algorithmic points in there. Like I know for a fact that if you take more damage, you're kind of more likely to get uh, like yeah. a, a limit break or something that's going to hand you. Like you almost feel that as you're playing that it's trying to lend you a hand in certain areas. Help you and, out where you need it. Yeah, and it never explicit. As far as I know, it didn't really explicitly say that's how it worked but uh, you know you, yeah, can, yeah. you can kind of feel it and it's just a maybe there is a way to cheese it maybe there's absolutely it does say that and i just didn't read because a lot of fucking tutorials that come out of this you're like good lord just <laughs> wanna, oh, for what is a simple action game there's a hell of a lot of garbage that they chuck at you to to be doing yeah the mm. chance of the pictures is apparently tied to your like i said your like your limit level which is raised by um uh like taking damage in battle and each successful battle you go on, it kind of reduces slightly. So, mm. you know, it's still, it, it's, there's a way, I guess, of cooking it, but you don't want to be taking damage. So therefore it's in your best interest just to get on with it. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you found you didn't like, or that was particularly frustrating about this game? Um, really, I mean, it's just, it, it just feels very basic in design at points. You know, like I said, the side quests, there's probably half a dozen, maybe a few more locations for these side quests. And you just repeat, rinse and repeat the same areas. You go to the desert level and you run through two corridors to a boss. You do the underground level, you run through three corridors and a boss. And sometimes they put you in a different part of the map, but they restrict where you can and can't go. So it's even so linear that it's directing you directly to where the boss goes so the the side stuff yeah. really is just there to i think to buff out a handheld game that i think they expect people to be playing on the go you know i'll do two minutes because you can do them in like two minutes like you could, you could literally jump yeah. into a mission and do it in two minutes and it doesn't really mm. offer anything outside of leveling up and items and whatnot and uh mm. it's one of those things it's there for people the fact that i didn't i did 30 percent of them and no more kind of says that i was done with it and i'm normally yeah not normally, it depends on the game. It's a game by game base. But I like to, if I'm enjoying a game thoroughly, then I'll go through and do it all. And even though I was enjoying this, I was like, I'm not, I wouldn't enjoy doing another 70% of side quests. It's just not in my in my nature to do that. It's just so many of them that it's, it's way too, too many. So I'd say that's definitely a weak point. <clears throat> Whether they're necessary or not to make you stronger is debatable. 
I think it definitely helps because you've got more chance of rolling the 777. You've got more chance of unlocking new summons, which are tied to some of these missions, new items, new accessories that can help. So there are certain missions that are in your best interest to do. Um, but I did 30% of them and got through it with relatively little challenge other than a couple of areas where it kind of puts you on your heels and you're like, okay, I've just got to think about this a bit more. But also that's probably the, the weaker point of it. And like I mentioned earlier, the story written out on a page sounds like it should be the absolute bollocks but didn't didn't really tie together that that well in in, in play and through the the character and narrative work they did yeah it's tricky i think with a game like this because i think whatever you do you expect to come with a certain standard and polish nowadays hmm. and i think it's easy to miss that even though you kind of acknowledge it was made in 2007 and, you know, the world's moved on. So your expectations and the standard that you judge things at are at a different level. So it's always yeah. tricky to, to meet those <clears throat> high points, right? In some ways, it was nice to play something so straightforward that yeah, you ain't got to look under every fucking leaf in case you miss something. It didn't really matter. Like, it was mm. so direct at times. And even at certain points would cut the crap like so i'll go and speak mm. to fucking lazard in the director's office most games now you'll have to walk there mm. walk past people chatting about what their day's work and you're like oh it's law building we're building immersive here this just cuts straight to you there you haven't even got to do that it's like when mm. you're here talking to it just kind of streamlines things in such a way where it's like no we want you to be on the front foot a lot of the time we don't want you to get too bogged down we've got a lot of cut scenes which we're going to show you but when you're playing the game if you want to, you can just get on with things. But that's also where it suffered because there was a couple of chapters where it wasn't like that. It was a little bit too lethargic. And I was like, I'm used to this pace you've set. And now you're mm. like, let's just slow you down here and do some really odd mundane stuff. But as I learned more about Final Fantasy, I realized that's kind of a feature, not a bug, as they would say, that you will just <laughs> go down these weird rabbit holes occasionally. You just have to get on mm. with it, really. But... You know, the main story on how long to beat is set at 14 hours, okay? The completionist, which is doing all the side stuff, 46 hours. That's how much extra toot is there for people who really want to wrap their head around it. So you know, yeah. that's never, that's never going to happen in a month of Sundays for me, but just to give people some data on how people have been tracking it. Mm. It's, a, it's a big game if you want it to be, or it could be quite a straightforward sort of streamlined experience. And I've... I wouldn't say I was in the middle. I was more on the streamlined experience, but yeah, you know, I could have sat there for another few hours, I guess, and done some side stuff. But you know, it's forty. It is. No, thirty-two hours of it is is a big ask. Yeah, that, um, is, a lot. that is a lot. Yeah. So, is there anything else on your list of things that you want to touch on specifically about this game? No, I think I'm ready to move sure. into that gallery. Get there. Sure. Well, I've kept something yep. up my sleeve, which will come apparent in a minute. Okay, right. Well, yeah, well, a little bit. It's always, you know, there's always AOB, and when yes. there ain't, it's concerning. So, okay, well, we go into your your wing of the gallery, your arm, your display, whatever we want to call it. Mm. Um, we'll pass the bin, which yeah. I think is still there for the moment. We haven't decided what to do with the bin, but it's still there. I think you guys already. Yeah, I know you do. Yeah, but. It's there still at the minute with a TBC written on it. Um, 
So I guess the question is, do we go any further than the bin or do we go forward to, to actually sticking it in your your personalised gaming gallery? Yeah, it's going to go in the gallery for sure. It goes in there. It meets the requirements that I like and uh, we'll, we'll be going in there uh, being recognised in some form. So the, the question is then, not the answer. Well, you've got the answer. I've got the question, which is where? So in reality, in the real world that we live in, it's a bronze-rated game. It's as, sim- it's as simple as that. There's no need to make it more complex, really. However, are, yeah. there's a feature in this game that I've been screaming for for every single game that comes out these days. DMV! Not DMV. It's not DMV. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's not Digital Mindwave, although I wouldn't mind that in a few other sort of throwaway sort of casual-ish games. That would be a really good idea, actually, for like an indie game to base there. Anyway, I'm, getting, I'm not a developer. Yeah. not giving out my ideas. But um, essentially, during any battle, you die. You're going you're to die, aren't you? You're not going to get 100% through these. I didn't die a great deal of times, but there's a few times you died, a couple of times even in a row, and you're like, cool, what's going on here? Now, I lament these fucks that decide that if you die, you have to go back 50 fucking yards and run there and there's other fucking obstacle courses between you get there just for you to go to the same enemy and die again. It really chaps my ass. I just want the option of being started straight back in with that enemy. And I know what the counter is. The counter that people say is, well, what if you've got a bad loadout for that boss? Like, and you, you can't get out of the loop. So you need to go back to reset your character, then go in with the proper gear. And I'm like, fair play. That is that is a concession. But you could still have both. You could still have the option there. What Crisis Core does is the ultimate. It says, you've just died. You've blown it. Now, what do you want to do? Do you want to restart battle? And you're like, hmm, do I want to restart battle from where I am? I don't know. He goes, okay, do you want to go back to your last save point? And you're like, oh, I don't know if I fancy going back to the last save point. That's... You know, it's 20 metres away and there might be other enemies. Okay, you don't want to do that. Do you want to reevaluate your setup and your loadout, your equipment, and change it in the menu and then restart the boss? Oh, yeah, because I noticed that I needed a fire. It's got a weakness to fire and I haven't got any fire material equipped and it's hitting me with ice attacks and I haven't got my ice nullifier on. So you go in, you hit that, go into the menu, change your loadout from top to bottom, you go, right, I know what this creature's going to do now. It loads you straight back in, no mess, straight to the attack, and you're in the boss battle again. Why aren't we all doing that? I don't want to sit through the cutscenes again. I don't want to skip them either. So you, normally you get put in a conundrum. Whereas this just completely removes that hassle. It's like, do what you want. If you don't want to tackle this bastard again, don't bother. But if you want to, you say you got close, you want to jump back in, bang, you're in within a few seconds. Or if you realise that you've got a bad loadout, we're going to let you change your loadout and then chuck you straight back in to start that battle. No ifs, no buts. And how that hasn't been picked up from 2007, 2008, and transferred forward into these modern games, I'll never know. Why aren't we doing this? So that reason, it gets a silver. That one feature has bumped up a grade, because there are so many games that I've lamented for this hassle that you have to go for, this rigmarole, this ball ache, mm. and this is the title that's the is they've all, it's already been solved it's solved in, in crisis core of all games what are we doing 
Well, I mean, I'm speechless, to be honest. I mean, it's a very un-Joe-like approach of everything taken into consideration, it gets a bump up in, you know, realistically from like a, a six to a seven because you just let me restart a boss or remember load out before never I restart a boss. never a six. Is it not? No. Silver. Not... Ten, silver, nine, eight, seven. Bronze, silver, gold. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's got one tons. Yeah, I know, yeah. Um, interesting. Well, I agree. I, You know, I broadly, you know, I, I, when, with these boss battles, I always think it's definitely one of two things, right? You either think, I'll fuck that up and I just need to yeah. do it differently, yeah. or I haven't got what I need to do it. It's one of those two things. Yeah. But you don't want to do everything you've just done. Like, mm. that's, that's for sure. Um, so... Yeah, it seems like a no-brainer. It really does fucking wind me up. When you know you have to go back to the last save point, or even if you have to go further than that, you think, I've got to go to the save point, then I've got to go to this central area first, yeah, yeah. teleport back to that and do all that stuff, and then teleport back and do all that bollocks before I can even start it again. Like, that yeah. is never a good thing. Um, if, this was a, uh, if this was a common feature across action games mm. or whatever, it wouldn't even be... It wouldn't get the bump, but it's so rarely do I see anything yeah. that's going to assist you in that mm. manner particularly in a game where there is so much choice over your loadout and your mm. what what material you're going to use and you have yeah. to you have to be on top of it and change it to the situation so sure mm. you can go into the boss battle die but then you, once you've learned what they're weak to what they're strong against you can then adapt and immediately mm. just do that go back into the game and you're you're laughing none of this mm. other bollocks that they've introduced these days where it's like well you can even restart mm. with your same loadout now which you just failed on badly or you go at your last save and run there and do all that shit. And I'm like, well, no, this is the ultimate option. I can do it in the menu and start the game again and be in there. I don't need to be going through this rigmarole. So, And the annoying thing about some games, and many games, is that once you're in combat, you can't change your loadout. Yeah. So, that, so if you choose the option to go back into the battle and try and like force your way through, you can't even then quickly pause it and go, right, well, now I'm going to change my loadout. Like Most of them are like, mm. nope, this is the same here. Once you've hit combat, you can't change your loadout, but it just gives you that option to do it before you start the restart the boss or any encounter. That's the thing; it's any encounter. It could be a hard mob that you run into. Like it's not mm. just bosses, but usually that's where you'll fall foul of this arrogance from the developers of making you run through oops to get back to what you were doing or continue trying to hard nose your way through. And of all the games, Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII was not where I expected to find. The, the missing piece to this 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 problem that I've had for many many games, and uh, that's why it gets itself a nice little silver. And that's crafts. So that is crafts. Yeah, you're right. Well, unexpected. I was expecting it to be chuffed in a bronze, to be honest, in that dumping ground, but got promoted for one do, feature. If you're going to do simple things that really help me out, you'll be rewarded. Just like if you do something really stupid, I'll punish you. Get punished, yeah. 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 Fair hard. enough. Yeah, yeah. It's not hard, this game. I'm telling you. I'm telling these people. It's not hard. Just do the basics right and give me what I want, and I'll be happy. Anyway. That's not what I'm fantastic said. They said it's tricky getting these games done. Well, hard business. It is hard business, but a decision like that isn't hard to me. Do you want to make, be an arsehole to the player or not? That's what it comes down to. So everyone else making an action game out there, any game, it could be, it could be fucking uh, turn-based. 
Same difference. Mm. You can sit there 20 minutes fighting a boss and lose. Give the player the opportunity to restart that boss with new equipment immediately. Don't be making them go back and fuck about with things. Pathetic. Crisis Core Final Fantasy Reunion. No. Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. Silver. And that's the end of it, I think. Yeah, this clap. episode of Idle Game. There we go. He's done it. Now he's broke the seal on that. He may be doing that every single time we sit down to do this, but we'll find out in the future, I guess. Anyway, nothing more for us to say here other than thanks for your time and ta-da. This was a Dimp Digital production.